Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and gamers of all ages. Roll out! This depressing, terrifyingly bad episode on something none of us want to talk about. So, Blood Force Gamers, assemble. It is time for an episode about constructs. I am your host, Game Goblin, sitting here with... Kazakhan, the Lord Dragon. And... Doth Blasphemous, hail to the dark side. And what can be so depressing as mindless servitors ravaging the lands as... constructs. Mechanical minions that do daring do and other horrible things of a fell nature, whether you're playing in the far future with robots singing horrible music to violate the eardrums of your opponents and scream, Danger Will Robinson, or if you're in fantasy land, it is an animated suit of armor. Well, yeah, suit of armor. Or, you know, a flesh golem with a taser collar. I'm sorry, but a golem that's just made out of chicken gizzards would be a lot cooler. (laughs) (sighs) Of course, we could always go back to one of our favorite groups and their um, flesh golem made of, uh, what was it, Uh, hydrococks? It was a flesh golem, and it was made of foreskins, yes. Yeah. And during combat, it grew to three times its original size because I have to keep my players wondering what the hell's going on. <laughs> that would do it. I knew you were going to bring that up, which is why I started with such a dour intro. <laughs> but it's good that we got, got the, the cock golem out of the way. <laughs> now we can move on to more interesting things with golems, constructs, automatons, and mechanical servitors. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, you can even go from a superhero aspect and be like, alright, I'm going to have giant mechanized caterpillars that will wrap you up in synthetic silk. Mothra! <laughs> Mothra! I mean, that too. Uh, I mean, there's so many interesting ways to use constructs, and even taking them at face value with their CRs. You can go through and modify things. Um, You can make it so there's an off switch. You can make it so that there's several different ways to defeat them. I mean, it's just such a usable... Because they can sit there for eons. And unless it's a flesh golem, they shouldn't rot. There's ice golems, and as long as it's cold, they shouldn't melt. And it's just really interesting. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, like... Golems made out of organic material, like ironwood, for example. Um, typically, the magic that animates them includes clauses to prevent decay over time. Or at least, I would do that if I was making constructs. Because, you know... That, I think, uh, Gabo, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but usually stuff like that to slow the decomposition of a construct. That's usually when they get into the super expensive territory, even though they're already ungodly. No, actually, constructs are considered... Well, if we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons, which is mm-hmm. our, our default here, constructs are, in essence, mindless, immortal automatons. Mm-hmm. There is no rot. There is no degradation. There is no loss of 
physical Capability. uh, capabilities or in more scientific terms they retain their mass and cohesiveness uh, because of the magic. It's the same as when you go into a dungeon, you loot the treasure, you kill the kobold, and you're done, and you start telling up all the treasure, but in most D&D games, when you go into, like, some ancient temple, that's the key word. It's ancient. Mm-hmm. Yet you're still able to find things like robes, and boots, and belts, and scabbards, swords. Axes. Things that should have rusted or rotted away. Things that should have rusted or rotted away. You'll find... Within uh, several hundred to, in some cases in D&D games, uh, in published modules even, it'll be uh, several thousand years. Mm. And they'll still be as good as the day that they were crafted. It's like, oh, I got these buckskin gloves that give me a plus one to archery that happened to be in this dungeon that was built 500 years ago. Yeah. Mm. Buckskin does not last 500 years on its own, especially in a humid environment such as a dungeon. Heck, you think about these places where I just was watching a video. A guy found a like laundry bundle of like first generation Levi jeans while he was spelunking in a cave, and they're like super fucking fragile. And that was only what 100, 150 years ago. Yeah, like someone just threw a laundry bag of these partially, you know, ripped jeans. Guy finds it now. He's got a fortune. Or you you see these? Uh, they open tombs. And, like, uh, the uh, steppes people of central Russia, you still find their, you know, fucking mammoth hide robes and shit or whatever the fuck it's made of. And they're still partially preserved. Yeah, they're still partially preserved. A lot of it counts as far as environment goes, but with constructs specifically, uh, since constructs are magical in nature, they are resistant to the rigors of time, just like magical items. Mm-hmm. So by the rules, rules as written, magical items and constructs share the same similar quality that you can walk into an ancient dungeon and that cataract column that you have to fight, or that suit of magical armor, or that iron golem, or that flesh golem, the alchemical golem, the cock golem, whatever, it will be as good as the day it was created. And, you know... <laughs> If you've got, and this can go into the far future as well. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, clockwork with steampunk, less so with clockwork in particular. Less so with clockwork, yeah. But automatons, everything short of an android, androids, you know, they. Analog androids. Analog androids, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Androids with uh, nanotechnology, however, I do think would be able to subsist a lot longer if the nanotechnology is active. Yes, self-replicating. Yeah, self-replicating. Yeah. If it's capable, you know, basically, at that point, they just need to eat and breathe. Yeah. And that's just to fuel the nanites yeah, more and than anything. Something interesting, like, I've always played them so that they do break down over time. Just be like, the magic is the life force, but if you basically turn it off, you're going to drain that battery. I always like to play things where they do have a finite limit, unless they're like, tied into the ley lines of magical energy. And Which makes sense. And major things would be cool. It's like, this is the epic final boss of the dungeon, so it's a giant fucking golem that, yeah, it's totally plugged into the fucking ley lines. But if it's just like, eh, some dude made like three clay golems and put them out in his yard, they're going to degrade over time. Yeah, and like this makes a special sense with the way that you run your world, where magic can go nova. Magic is a fickle yeah. thing, which it makes a lot of sense. It adds a lot of mystery and depth to your world. And with this, that also means that because magic is fickle, 
constructs are not as protected against time as they are in systems or rulings which have magic as this super stable thing. Yeah, it, again, this is another point, because you have rules as written and rules as intended. Uh, I'm just stating the rules as written part, because just like the undead, uh, constructs are timeless. Mm -hmm. It's inherent to magic. But if you are running a system where magic is... Uh, able to degrade over time, so that magic wand that started out with 50 charges, you say lose a charge per year. In 50 years, it's going to be worthless, and in 51 years, it will start degrading as a normal item. Mm -hmm. And this is something you have to uh, contend with. If you are going to run any sort of creature that's constructed, just like uh, a normal creature, but just with a longer lifespan, this is also going to go into your magic items. Because mm -hmm. somebody's going to bring this question up. Mm -hmm. They're going to be like, oh, well, I found these buckskin gloves that are 500 years old. Why are they still good? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to run into that. The other problem that I have with rules as written, though, because constructs are awesome rules as written, uh, the uh, problem, though, is I just did make the uh, allegory, I believe it is, or the comparison between constructs and undead and I really hate this with construct build classes I kind of understand it there's a balancing factor with constructs they are expensive as fuck and to be able to effectively be a construct maker especially in Pathfinder or Dungeons and Dragons you have to be a minimum of level 7 to really start getting geared up and going so the first 7 levels you are basically a second string character to the rest of the party hell even third you're behind the bard you just better hope you can carry them health potions and run fast. I have an idea. Hide behind the pile of dead parts. <laughs> yeah. You mean my next construct? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you need to be level 7. And one of the things that's really interesting, though, is there's a huge price on uh, any kind of construct. There's a massive time requirements where necromancy is quick and dirty for the most part. Usually, some of the more higher level uh, necromancy spells take up to like five years to cast or prepare for yeah and like those are also like ridiculously high level stuff but rules as written necromancers can only control x amount of undead based on hit dice whereas if you're a monster maker making construct you do not have this as a flaw yeah you you're like hey i just made you go join the line yeah, basically, you can just endlessly pump them out like you're on a factory, and although I am reticent to admit that I would be willing to accept this as a ruling on my part, so I need to find a GM who's willing to let me power game a little bit, because if I introduce this rule to a GM, they're going to be like, uh, that's a great rule there, especially for you, dude. You're going to run with it. But when I run, uh, and I did this last time, I ran Construct Makers the same way Necromancers would play. If you have X amount of hit dice to control undead of certain power levels, I just transfer these rules over and replace the word undead with construct. Yep. So even though a construct maker doesn't really catch up to a necromancer, uh, especially in power levels, for the first seven levels, once they start getting in power levels, you can build an infinite army. Mm. And there's no real curve to that. So I'm like, hey, you can only control X amount of constructs. But the difference is between a construct maker and while you're still behind the curve on power level is the awesome part of constructs. You can build anything. Anything. Raising skeletons and whites and ghouls and ghasts and 
Who uh, knows what else? La Llorona, that's all great. But with you're a construct maker, you can make a freaking golem with lasers for I-beams. <laughs> that's the other thing. All constructs are purpose-made. Yeah, they're modifiable uh, to the nth degree. You can custom build them for any situation. Which comes into my favorite part. Because we made the joke, but I have actually told around with this. Making literally transformers. I want the goddamn constructicons. I want a bunch of these goddamn poppets to do like fucking acrobatic maneuvers and turn into a goddamn wagon that works. <laughs> There's that. spell for the acrobatics. Yeah. Uh, to get to knock together, though, I would have to say something like fabricate as a core spell to be added on top. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, it's like. Um, Definitely, yeah, something like Fabricate or uh, Polymorph. Alter mm. Self could also, if you... Alter depend, Self, yeah. Depending on... Actually, Alter Self would make a lot of sense, since they're basically triggering it on themselves. Oh, uh, yeah, so it would be like Alter Self. Actually, that's perfect. Alter Self. So, like, one poppet is the tongue of the wagon. So, when they join the Constructicon, they Alter Self to a already pre-generated form that will attach to the rest of yeah. the unit. Yeah, yeah. So, basically... Yeah, they're just altering themselves to be the tongue of the wagon, which locks and connects with the rest of the poppets who have already altered self into different parts of the wagon. I will be the door. I will be the axle. I am left wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quick, dig a trench and I'll turn into a ham, or a, I'll turn into a bucket of water. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now, yeah, like, and the other thing about this is you can have, so... We're going to use the other side of this rule that you've brought up, right? Okay. So, as written, rules as written, a construct maker can make infinite constructs. As long as they've got time and money. As long as they've got the time and money. Well, I want to see a business whose entire job is domestic house constructs. Been there. Exactly. And it's a, it's a very lucrative business. Yeah, there was a, a problem with that, though, is uh, I started off with that as my business, and the GM decided to start a campaign where undead were attacking. So they turned, so they became weaponized. All the other players turned to me and said, wait, you craft monsters. And I'm like, yes, I do. And they're like, they don't sleep, they don't eat, they don't breathe, they follow orders, and they can be custom crafted for any situation. I'm like, yes, they can. The... Uh, GM unceremoniously killed that game about a week later as I started ramping up production. <laughs> but that's the thing, is like, you've got this high magic world, or even high tech world, right? Let's, even looking at today, we've got little robot vacuums and robot mops and shit, whose whole job is just... And robot girlfriends coming soon. Thank you, Japan. Thank you, Japan. I'm finally getting my wife. Oh, married. wait, hold on. I'm, I'm getting married. Never mind. I don't need that anymore. <laughs> I don't care as long as I get myself a Ryoko. I'm happy. Straight from Tichimoyo, the anime. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I can totally deal with that. But, like, we've already got these little construct servants. They do simple tasks, you know? Exceedingly that, simple. Exceedingly simple, sure. Oh, some are yeah. getting quite advanced. There's a robot, yeah. actually, that was just released here recently for... I believe Amazon's looking into it, <clears throat> and it looks like this little squid thing, and it actually drives up the side of the racks and then down the lane, grabs the package, puts it onto a little platform on the robot, drives back across horizontally to the end of the post, goes vertically down the post, back onto the floor, and then delivers it across the warehouse. That's That makes <laughs> a lot of sense. And you can do this in the far future, too, right? Little 
what would be clockwork toys are actually somewhat usable little shits with the advent and progression of advanced AIs. Which is where we end up in the stuff like Star Wars, which is why it's more realistic, because they had droids mm -hmm. that could run around everything. They did more than just serve drinks. They, the gonk droid, which everyone just knows because of the sound, gonk. those were literally mobile power units. They would walk around. You could just plug in your fucking device. Ah, my land speeder died. Oh, I'm going to plug it in a fucking gonk droid, and it's got a mini reactor inside it, so it'll give me enough to jump my fucking speeder. But yep. just like any other uh, construct, uh, regardless of genre, uh, in Star Wars they did, again, have a specific purpose. You had pit droids, you had astromech droids, you had protocol droids, you the had servant droids. droids, you had uh, the, the probe droids. As well as into the military, we got droidica, spider tanks, all sorts of good... Oh, I'm not going to call it good, but well, inventive they, they even constructs. Had, beyond the military, they had the domestic where it was... Hospitals had several different types of droids to do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. there's one that patched Luke up uh, early on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Later on, you had the one that delivered Luke and Leia. That was uh, purpose-built for delivering babies. Yeah. Uh, the mouse droid is surprisingly versatile. They had specific repair droids, that little spider arm-looking thing. Yep. And uh, funny enough, they had droids that, uh, for military things, that could change what they looked like because they would basically gut another droid. Mm -hmm. And, like, shove itself within and then use that to get around. There was even droids, uh, and this is as per the role-playing game, I don't know if it's actually in the EU, uh, extended, extended Universe, not European Union. <laughs> I just have to clarify here real quick. Uh, however, they did have droids that were basically Terminators uh, working as assassins for the Empire. Assassin droids. They are canon still because we see them. Uh, in the Mandalorian for Disney Extended Universe. I, I'm talking more like... HK series? No, like uh, fucking Terminator. Oh, oh. You mean, where's the flesh of a man? Yeah, it basically had like a synthetic flesh over a droid body that was custom uh, made to look uh, resemble a human exterior. Humanoid. But yeah, uh, yeah. those are uh, old canon. Yeah. They're not in the new because they probably would get lambasted by the Terminator people. Well, just wait till Disney steals it. Hmm. No. They, they have a habit of dipping into the extended universe whenever it suits them, even though they say it doesn't exist. Yeah, uh, that's not they that there's no material out there for them to draw off of to make new movies. Bullshit. Yeah, they're full of shit. Yeah, they could have totally made a movie based off the Moss Eisley Cantina, but they just don't want to pay royalties to the people who wrote those fucking books. It's basically it. And basically it. They're like, we spend enough on Star Wars. I don't know. Nowadays, we get lightsabers that look like menorahs. <laughs> Oh, some of the lightsabers, like the Swiss Army lightsaber? Uh, yeah, that was weird. Well, no, see, those are funny because it's making fun of the movies, but out of the new High Republic shit, like, it, these things literally are excessively ornate, they and they look like real sword hilts, which are completely unnecessary, and it's, it's really the antithesis of what the lightsaber was meant to represent. Yeah, well, the lightsabers, every movie. I mean, like, Darth Maul having a double-bladed one, that was understandable, but they keep seeming to want to just ramp it up. Now it's got a cross guard. Now it's a bullwhip. Now it's an open sign. Now it's a fucking massive moon. <laughs> like, let's keep ramping it up, so... Because apparently a blue beam that can cut through anything is Isn't not cool awesome. enough. Yeah. Isn't cool enough. But anyway, back to constructs. Uh, Star Wars, of course, brings in the... I, I dare say... 
diversity of uh, droids, constructs, yeah. uh, golems, mm-hmm. all those things. Quite a lot of them. But we're also forgetting one of the things that I've always wanted to do when I do a bard build. Huh. Because with constructs, and this is one of the things <laughs> I love about them, is you I can animate virtually anything. Like, that wagon doesn't need to be a Transformer. You can just animate the freaking wagon, especially with a bard, because for some reason, they can animate objects, but wizards and sorcerers don't, as default. There's still ways around that, but, of course, spellcasting loopholes. Despite that, I want to make a bard who animates his entire outfit. So his uh, socks, his boots, his pants, his coat, all of that. So when he walks in, he can basically uh, pull a Bruce Almighty moment, and just like throw his arms back and be like, oh, and all his clothes just drop off. <laughs> and when it's time for combat, he's just like, oh, and all his clothes just pop on. You know, Iron Man style. Iron Man style, but of course, since it's a bard, he has to be really flamboyant about it. Oh, yeah. So he, he just opens his fucking bag and out of it jumps his fucking full plate armor. Just, oh, yeah, he's like, like with a fighter. Peacocks. Easy. With a fighter, you animate his armor, so like. You have just negated the time it takes for that fighter to put on his armor. Plus, if you put the right spells on it, you've now given the fighter power armor in D&D terms. And that shit McNasty. That shit can be McNasty. Uh, but then again, I mean, also, there's also the aspect. I mean, like, if you're talking to that bard, right? Would you enjoy a conversation with that bard if you're trying to have a serious conversation with him? Like, that bard walks in to talk to the king and you know, the rest of the party is there. And then somebody notices that, like... The bard's codpiece is just pulsing. Because the bard animated it to do that while he wears it. You can have so much fun, even as a distraction. Or, yeah. even as a more subtle one, his half cape is always, you know, showing off his ass. It's not, you know, ever covering him. Whenever he puts on his cape, it always billows in the wind, even on a, a still day, just for yep. the dramatic effect. Yeah. 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 Totally. His boots never make a sound. Uh, actually, we were doing one game also, and they were including uh, that one book that I probably shouldn't name on a podcast like this, but... Dirty, dirty, dirty. Tits, 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 and dirty, dirty, dirty. They were allowing that uh, the book of erotic fantasy <laughs> in the game. And we had a guy playing a bounty hunter. Oh, in our dear. Game. And he's like, yeah, I want to come up with some stuff, you know, to help my bounty hunting. And I was like, dude, they're allowing the book of erotic fantasy. What's contained in this book? And he's like, sex spells? And I'm like, bondage gear. We animate everything. We animate ball gags. We animate cuffs. We animate pony boots. We animate straight jackets. We animate leashes. We animate a, a shitload of bondage gear. You carry this stuff in your pack, and when you get close to your mark, it just flies out of the bag, latches onto the person, and seals them up, and you go deliver them to the target. No fuss, no muss. Super, super easy. Super easy. I mean, for almost any character type, you know, you can come up with a construct to fit the job. Right. Um, Body bag of holding. Body yeah. bag of holding. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. I would actually go more like the body bag of devouring, because at least then it would get rid of the evidence. Yeah, but body bag of holding reduces the amount of weight so you can actually carry the bag and you got like some 400-pound behemoth. I'm just thinking a body bag of holding would be for that one necro who really does want to raise a family. <laughs> now, it, another interesting thing about constructs, um, Peck Peck. <laughs> that was legitimately uh, like 75% construct. Yeah. yeah so, my favorite, favorite character I've played. 
That was such a great character, even though it was it started as just numbers on page. Mm, I just needed a filler character. Yeah. And it, I needed a nap. <laughs> and, you know, it turned into dudes in it. This little goblin is now a companion, and he's in a power armor, so now he's tromping around as a full-size medium creature, because he's in what basically boils down to a mech. Well, how often do you see a goblin in basically human-sized mech suit? Exactly. It was something different from the game. And it worked. And, yeah, it was clever. I mean, like, his weapons were super simple. They were basically... uh, Smash. uh, Lumber weapons and shipyard stuff that he had uh, repurposed to be weaponry. Sawblade! Yeah, it was a spinning sawblade that was part of his animated stuff that was actually uh, piston-powered. And it, it was fun to play into that. But, yeah, he basically had... A gnat's ass shy of a fucking construct to ride. Yep. He was still in control. He was the brains of the operation. But that but everything it. moved. When it, when he hit the pedal, it made the feet go, all right, forward. When he hit the brake, it made him go, stop. <laughs> but they, yeah. that's because they were enchanted to do that. Well, shit, when you guys knocked his helmet off that first time, you saw he was holding onto a little pair of handlebars that would rotate back and forward. It was like he was driving a tank. You push both of them forward and he goes, or he like pulls back on the left. And now he turns right. Right. That, and it's so clever, too. It's like, you can do anything with a construct. And that is what makes them such a fantastic DM's tool. Or player's tool, depending on which side of the fence you're on. And then we get to one of the best, which is Poppets, as Goblin has <laughs> gone over for so many hours to me about how he just wants to make his Poppets factory character. Because Poppets are so fucking broken. They are <laughs> disgustingly, horrifyingly bad. It's, it's like nobody even was sitting down in the editorial room going, is this fair and balanced to the game setting? No, we'll, we'll just sign off and approve it. They didn't even ask questions. Oh, you can build a profit in this much time, sell it for double the price, crash the economy at level one, and if you take the right feats by level four, you can craft four of these little fuckers in a day. <laughs> Not just one, Follow. two, but then you double it again for a day. And then I mean, you craft every, poppets that help you make more poppets. After, that means every day, if I were to sell those four poppets, I am making 600 gold pieces of profit at level four per day. Which is ludicrous money gain. Which is ludicrous money gain, obviously. And plus, you have to have a control token for each one of them. And again, I looked at this situation here, and I was like, there's a way to reduce the weight of the control token to negligible. So you can have practically... Now, in reality land, we all know everything occupies an amount of space on the XYZ axis. But in game terms, you can still carry an infinite of them. You basically craft a fucking spell book with 500 pages in it, and each page is a control token because you've just... Use the polymorph spell to change the token into another shape. Yeah. So you, you're boring a backpack, which is a spell book with 500 uh, pages on it. Each page is a control token. You have 500 poppets at level 4 as your personal army. And you by know. anybody who's ever had to fight kobolds in the open, you know numbers can overwhelm any situation. <laughs> 500 poppets at level 4 will get rid of a problem dead. <laughs> Real See, quick. Now you just gotta craft them extra small and give them swarm tactics. 
Not just that. Uh, no, they don't have to be extra small. They can just be small. But if you did extra small, then yeah, you double the numbers for each square. Plus, as an aside with poppets, and th this runs back into like Star Wars where you had particular droids for different purposes, or in the far future, you know, when they're using basically living robots, replicants, for mining purposes. Mm -hmm. Poppets in Dungeons and Dragons. You can give them all to get them all to roll the same skill based off of your skill check. So if you want to construct a mine in record time, and let's just go on a uh, more conservative number here. I have fifty poppets at level four for a conservative number. I make a roll to construct a mine, and all fifty of my poppets get their bonus roll based off of my roll for um, mining. So if I have Profession Miner and I get a plus two to it, I roll a d20 50 times, and then of course, some and all of them are going to get that plus two. Which, which is the success rolls for those poppets to run out and start digging a mine. Because their creator has that knowledge. Yeah. And then you take all the successes, it's a, it's a long uh, math problem though, like if I were to build a house, for example, a craft carpenter, I take all the ones that are successes for actually crafting, and each success is like X amount of time per day. Essentially though, if say 50 of those poppets, 25 of them get a success based off of my skill, then I have 25 successes, and at 4 successes per day, that means I get 5 days worth of work done per day. Or boat builder. Or boat builder. So yeah, you using... Animal tamer. An animal taming. No. Not so much. No, it's a social but, skill. But you could use them to tame multiple animals. No, you can't. Really? That's a social skill. Right. Yeah. The, the constructs are not great with social skills yeah, social or skills, mental skills, typically. Yeah, social skills don't uh, count for this, but construction skills definitely do. But you can build a two-story cottage, because I've seen it done multiple times. God, that guy was good at this shit, especially with the math. Uh, he built a two-story cottage with two bedrooms, two bathrooms, full kitchen, dining room, entertaining room, parlor, library, all the bells and whistles you could hope for. Uh, basically a mini manor in the shape of a cottage in eight days. And that's one dude, right? From start to finish, one dude, and that's going from harvesting the lumber from the forest, hauling the lumber from the forest, uh, taking care of fabricating the lumber into usable wood, uh, putting the wood into place with the poppets using the carpentry skill to haul it into place, affixing the joints and braces and walls and floors and ceilings and all that, and putting on the front door as the final touch. Eight days. And uh, yes, what did he do during the whole time? He smoked a pipe and read books. Robots. Yeah, because his poppets did all the work. Uh, that's one of the reasons why, uh, as far as constructs go, and with my mm, proclivities, as you well know, they're dark blasphemies. <laughs> I, I put extra emphasis on constructs are broken, rules as written. Horribly broken. Horribly broken, which is why I go with more rules as intended with them, and make them more comparable to, say, a necromancer with a much more balanced class due to its popularity. Yeah, and it makes sense. And again, you know... You are. You need not be limited by the intended shape of any given construct. Again, they are purpose built. If I want to have a pack vehicle, I can choose to do like this weird three-legged thing, five-leg. You know, just 
some odd, some strange number that's not two or four. Well, who's familiar with Invader Zim? Yep. Yeah. You you create a backpack slash bag of holding with spider climb on it, and you have Invader Zim's backpack, which will pick you up off the ground and walk with four spider legs anywhere. Whatever you throw into it just fits. Yeah. Or you can build your constructs to basically have dwarven qualities where they can shoulder carry a castle. <laughs> you you yeah. technically could. You could if you have enough constructs that are uh, of the right build, and that's what really gives constructs a massive bonus over almost anything else, is the versatility of what you build. Yeah, and again, you know, purpose built. Constructs are purpose built. Most of the common ones are, or at least that have a CR, most of the common ones that have a CR are security measures. Flat out. But or uh, or they're soldiers. Because uh, we were going through the rules, me and another guy, and he actually found the uh, math, because we, we were looking at it, and again, it's this purpose build. He wanted to attack a uh, small keep. Okay. Right? Okay, so you want to attack a small keep. That's great and everything. But how is he going to go about it? He decides to build a gargantuan construct, which should just cost fuck tons. Oh. <laughs> but then he just goes out with these like super negatives on the side. So it has minuscule hit points. It's got, I think for each size category, it only got like 1d6 hit points. Oof. And he basically built the core frame out of it out of balsa wood and the skin of his construct out of oil paper. <laughs> yeah. And then he just had the construct march up to the enemy uh, co- uh, encampment. They're firing arrows through it, which go right through the paper and barely hit any of the balsa wood frame, so it's not taking that much damage just yet. And then it just collapses on top of the uh, enemy <laughs> keep and catches fire. <laughs> that was the whole point. <laughs> Kamikaze constructs. Exactly. And at a a ridiculously large scale. Well, just kaiju size? Uh, yeah, it was basically kaiju size, but he just basically wanted to create... Something a, to walk the paper over it. <laughs> well, because a dirigible has already been uh, seen exploding, he just basically did the same thing as create a walking dirigible. <laughs> and Hindenburg the t- uh, a small keep. Oh, the humanity! Oh, the humanity! <laughs> and that's the thing. That's inventive play, and that is fucking brilliant. And that's one of the things I really love uh, the most about Constructs, especially when you're playing a crafter character. Oh, yeah. It's, your limit is your imagination. Or, of course, as we've told our listeners many a time, the ultimate crafter, renowned by so many of your former players, the one who created the dollhouse. Ah, yes, Belsevere, the doll maker. Yeah. He's dead. Yes. He was always scripted to be dead. Grumpy had a hard time accepting it, though. Well, <laughs> and that, that's uh, that's actually another thing, too. Uh, bringing up Grumpy and Belsevere and all that is Grumpy had no concept of death. And an Awakened Construct is actually a template, I believe, that was introduced in 3.5? Yeah, I believe so. And... and at the very least, I've seen it in 3.5, but I haven't get delved too deep into other older editions. Well, I really didn't pay attention to Constructs before 3.5 all that much, uh, due to limitations of... Finances and time no, and effort. because back then, Constructs are boring, and I was interested in playing a Construct Maker, but every time I looked at the rules, it was always like, 
Man. You can craft this at level 7. I'm like, will this character even live that long? What's the point of creating a character if I have to wait 7 freaking levels and I'm lucky if I get 1 level a month? Yeah. By the time I can craft these things, I will no longer want to out of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but bringing up Belsevier and Grumby and all that, one of the big uh, issues is that Constructs should be treated, in my opinion anyway, more like Johnny Five. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Five is alive, no disassemble Stephanie, or in other cases... Uh, need input. Need input. Oh, God, uh. I can still do that voice. Input. No, disassemble Stephanie. <laughs> and that's the thing. And you know, we've we've actually brought this up as a potential villain, right? The forest golem whose job is to protect the, the forest and the animals within, and doesn't realize that his strength is killing the animals he's trying to protect. Absolutely. Uh, and with golems that are freshly awakened, they should have no concept of fragility, mortality, morality. It they they exist. They're basically, uh, as cognizant, I would say, is like a toddler with no concept of their own strength. They only know what their primary function was for. Yeah, and it, you know, and that's it's one of the brilliant things about constructs, especially some if you've woven your enchantments in the same sort of way that Star Wars did. Like the droids could learn, they could adapt, they could develop their own quirks. But they did so by experience. They did. Well, uh, funny enough, uh, with since I've been delving into droids and Star Wars for figuring out how I want to play one as a GMPC, uh, droids, it all depended on who made them, what time, and really the story of what they needed. Because just like how they destroyed the droid control ship in Episode One, The Phantom Menace, most droids up until that point were simply... They only existed as long as there was a control beacon somewhere. So, so they, they used uh, gestalt processing. Yeah. And then, uh, because it was illegal for a long time in certain sectors, then they brought in the uh, whole thing where they could work independently. Because that's how a bunch of assassin droids were created. Um, a whole bunch of other, like, uh, astromechs and stuff could only work if they were in certain proximity to their ship. But when you guys talking about Bruce Wayne, for some reason I started flashing back to the Looney Tunes and the giant hairy guy. Oh yeah. 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 He would be a construct, although maybe an aberration construct. No, no, he'd be a hair golem. Yeah, that sounds right. I think there was an episode where they tried to shave him and there was nothing left but his shoes. Yep, that's what made me think of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. He, yeah, an animated hair golem right. out of. I don't know, mustache hair. Uh, no, I don't think it was mustache hair. No, nah, no. Nah. He was like the swept up remains from a salon. Okay, yeah, I can oh, see no, that. He was monochromatic. A salon for uh, only Irish people. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> well, I was going to say more of like, they, it was fucking clippings from the fucking uh, Irish long-haired bulls. <laughs> Those weird fucking ones with the giant ass horns and they're all red and shaggy, look like a goddamn something out of the Ice Age. Oh, yeah, that, that could work. That could work. Yeah, because yeah, then you're he's, making uh, animal bits. Or he's the reanimated leftover hair become Golem from the last of the Mastodons. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, like, 
vaguely humanoid. You know, it's got two legs, and that's about the only defining feature besides it's got, you know, claw And his hands. arms come out of nowhere. Exactly. So, when you think about it, one of that construct's abilities is manifest pseudopod. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it's basically just an amorphous blob of hair. Yeah. With some manner of detection of, and sensory. And God, imagine setting a fireball off on him. Oh, 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 oh. oh that would be so wretched. Oh, it would also be burn hair. Yes, well, but you can kill him easy. Hmm. All you need is a squirt gun filled with nair. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, it's always interesting. Like, I've used this on characters in the past. Um, using modern, actually. So some of the magic castings can allow you to create something that's functionally a golem. But you can customize it has these abilities. Like, you know, you pick cherry pick from the list, and you get this weird abomination that looks instead of an amorphous blob or something vaguely humanoid silhouette id to like quintipeds with tentacles and just armor plates and who knows what the fuck it's like something straight up out of the um, Cambrian. Yeah. I don't know, I thought he was just basing these descriptions off of his Pornhub account. <laughs> no, no, I have a it's feeling it's DeviantArt. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe DeviantArt. You know, Pornhub's really kind of gone downhill on that front. Like, See? I don't know, it's, uh, it's not usually I in my search I just a wild history. guess right there, and bam, <laughs> I called it. The other thing, too, about constructs, though, that's kind of weird, and in the Rift game, you guys are dealing with a different kind of construct, and heralding also to our last episode with uh, Aberrations, or actually I see episode before last, uh, is flesh constructs, uh, lab-grown constructs. Uh, we have, uh, like I mentioned earlier in Blade Runner, we had constructs, you know, built for mining. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, what are the games? Chia. No, it was done by Monolith. Oh, goddamn. Same guys who did. Fucking saga thingy with big fucking id ego monster giant robot stuff. Anyway, um, God damn it! Why can't I remember that game? It's so great. Anyway, I love Shianazuki. She's a, a fucking wonderful character. She's got a great hairstyle. Those big fucking round glasses really do it for me. And if anime girls were real, she's definitely waifu material. Except for the fact that she creates, you know, Cosmos, who's just like a fucking evil destructor thing with. Triple barreled Gatling guns for some of that off topic. Um, <laughs> but in that game, they have a created species of peoples who are coming to terms with being created. They're not human, but they're created off of the human genome, much like replicants out of Blade Runner, uh, Realians. Uh, you guys are dealing with uh, creations based off of your DNA where somebody's playing games with uh, DNA uh, sequencing. Yeah, we've uh, seen some of that. Yeah, that was fucked up. Yeah. Gene splicing, DNA resequencing, uh, adding and subtracting code. A lot of real CRISPR-level bullshittery going on. Which, you know, like... It, the only thing that's science fiction about it is the speed and accuracy of it. Like, we're, we're working on it now. That's, that's... Yeah, they're, they're working on it now. Uh, take into account, though, that D- 
different constructs, just like the player can create a different construct for uh, pretty much any situation. The GM can also do the same thing. Yes, I heard that beep. Uh, the GM can create, say, right now you guys are dealing with constructs that are based off of various uh, areas where I've looked into, and I'm like, hey, this would make a great villain. And again, you guys hated the Phoenix Elves. Oh, yeah. And in a way, this is like the Phoenix Elves version 2.0. <laughs> Back to the future. Back to the future. Yeah, so like the original Phoenix Elves had no real cognizant ability beyond being just insane killing machines, being guided by a hive mind. Whereas these ones are independent thinking machines, but they are alive, so they do have some semblance of feelings. And, you know, certainly more survival instincts. And more survival instincts. Because the hive mind can always replace drones. Absolutely. And this is one thing a player should, or a GM should remember. When creating a uh, construct for their game, remember which kind of construct ha uh, to utilize and how they will react. So, like when I'm running a construct that is sentient in a D&D game, it will have different motivations, goals, uh, a different creation mythos than a biological one. Right. Yeah. So, I, I think GMs should remember that when they're creating a construct for their game. Not only think outside the box, but think of creating your construct to fit better into your game instead of just making a monster. But making a monster who's believable, that's fun, that's interesting, and is wildly outside the box. Yeah, uh, what was it? Wasn't 13 was one of the boss fights you put us against? Actually, 13 was a dream demon. But it used many of the same concepts that we're bringing up. Absolutely. It might... Like, it had all of the weirdness of constructs because dreams are weird anyway dreams but, are weird anyway yes but once you know like I didn't know it was a dream demon I thought for damn sure it was a uh, semi-sentient construct whose entire purpose was to fuck with dreams and I was pretty sure it was something other otherworldly because there was no way a construct could disappear and reappear like that also well, valid. You but guys dreams. at that time were in the playground of Margulis. Funny so. I bring that name up now because Margulis was actually the antagonist of the game where there was Reallians. I love that name so much I just repurposed it. Nice. Yeah. And it, like that's the thing. Like we had, I think we had just met with Mar Margulis and like unleashed him or something. Yeah, you guys had unleashed him previously, and, and he, wanted like, to, he wanted to show his appreciation by torturing you. And so we got 13, which, given what we've, had, as players, had discovered about Margulis, flesh warping, transmutation, fucked up mind. Hmm, this fits all the boxes. Yeah, he, he was a uh, master alchemist, master necromancer, and master transmuter. Exactly. He had, he had all the spells on demand at any time because of his background. And with that... 13... Way out of rules, but... 13, 100% fit the bill. Mm -hmm. Which is why I, in addition to this whole thing, is why I was really like, hmm, this thing could be a construct. 13 was supposed to be much like Margulis or, and in essence, when I was creating that villain, it was more of a concept was a extension of Margulis. Yeah. Uh, unpredictable, overwhelming, but there is a pattern that you have to figure out. Yeah. And, again, we've talked about how these golems and uh, constructs react, right? 
uh, Star Wars. They have probe droids. Their entire purpose is, you know, float around, gather data, return, send that data back. Not a terribly small task, and a very useful one at that. Welcome to the future. Now step into the probulator. <laughs> yeah, right? Probe droids. The nozzle is calibrating. Please do not move while the nozzle calibrates. Yeah, right. Crazy shit like that. And that has a, a large array of sensors, which means that it's going to detect things that, you know, biological eyes are not terribly great at. Infrared, ultraviolet. These are light spectrums that are outside of at least human vision, but not other creatures. I think snakes have some form of thermal vision. Yeah, most pit vipers do. They, they do since heat um, signatures. Yeah, that's why they got the little sensor nodes. Yeah. It, it's not quite a sight, though. It's just a receptor. It's a little weird. Cool, though. Well, and you can apply that with... simply receptors. True. And you can apply that with anything... Like, any idea that you can have, you can make a construct of it. Any idea that you want to see exist, you can make a construct of it. And it can be something like balsa wood and oil paper. Or it can be something like clay, which is, you know... Super common. Super common. Um, sand, because who wants to fight a sand golem? Hmm. Yeah, hey, that gives you a great idea. Because some people come up with an idea for monks, especially very large monks, to be grapple monks. Have them fight a KY golem. <laughs> grapple that. Well. <laughs> you get done with the fight and you just reek of astroglide. <laughs> oh, that'd be terrible. Uh, no, see, I'd have to random roll, see which of the party members just like their skin just soaked all that in really, really well. Oh. They're dry at the end of the fight. And that's, you know, like, I think, speaking of snakes, I think years ago someone was working on a search and rescue bot, which was basically a lot of small segments to basically create a mechanical snake to go in, find things in the aftermath of earthquakes and building collapses. I remember this. I don't remember what it was called. I don't remember how long ago it was, but I remember this from a while ago. Yeah, uh, they, they were making those. They also have um, those, the little uh, dragonfly drones, which are just meant for going in super small areas. Uh, but something funny enough, you want to see a show that shows you how a construct like a flesh golem really would work, you watch Carnival Row. Because that one, the the creature in there is just, oh, mm, bandy. It's really good if you want to see someone do a construct like that. I mean, any of the other stuff, you can look at, um, I mean, fuck, Star Trek actually had a pre pretty good one in Data, you know. Yeah. yeah. Data was a great example of a very advanced construct in a future setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was a very advanced construct. And he, like, the way that his personality came off, because he was always this curious thing, more data, more knowledge meant that he could adapt better. And that is a really good example of what an awakened construct in, say, a fantasy setting might go through. Oh, yeah. But Laura also served as a good re uh, warning. Yeah. To what could go wrong. Yeah. And, like, you know, these are great points of inspiration. And, like, if you really delve into 
you know, the depth, the the, the breadth of the, the painting behind it, you really get a good picture of constructs. And, you know, we, we mentioned this offhandedly, but hive-minded constructs, like the... Uh, Battle, const- Battletech droids from Phantom Menace. Or, um, in the case of the fantasy, you were talking Constructobots. Yeah, yeah Constructicons, which yeah. are Transformers, yeah. Yeah, but that would fundamentally be a distributed processing parallel um, hive mind mm-hmm. entity. It's like the entire thing is one wagon, but it, it can break up that wagon into like six pieces or however many it actually takes. Probably be a dozen. Yeah, I think a dozen would For make a covered a wagon, yeah. Yeah, that would make a lot more like sense. Like a gypsy caravan style. And now you've got I twelve dudes. Yeah, uh, that's all I'm saying. At least, just well, to make the the. Outside. Well, if you're talking like poppet sized, it would be like a shit ton. So, like one of them would be just an axle. Like one of them would be an axle. Maybe two of them be a wheel. I say three. You know, it, it would take quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a small poppet army because they are small creatures. And and that whole thing has to basically act as a hive mind when it's connected. So, in this regard, you have a small army of poppets. Well, if you go into battle or one of them gets booted off a cliff by a careless adventurer, you're missing a part. The wagon has to adapt to missing that part. It's just a drone. doesn't matter. It can be replaced. Hey, boss, I need this piece. Right? But at the same token, that... Hive mind is going to have a very different view on death, mortality, fragility, than anything that lives and breathes, in or at least was raised re- living and breathing, because it's just a part. It's expendable. It can be replaced. Ergo, all things must be like this. Unless they are awakened constructs, and they're like, no, Timmy. And there's the other and side of the danger. It, you know? Yeah, that's the other side of it. Is the constructs, especially if they have any intelligence, is will perceive the world in ways that are unconventional. Very unconventional, especially if it's an awakened construct that happens to be my throbbing cog piece. <laughs> no, no, no. See, that's when you make it a cursed, uh, well, not really a cursed item, but like you use a soul trap gem on someone you really hate and then make that the centerpiece of the cod piece. That sounds like something Margulis would do. Yeah. Or you take a soul trap gem and just moments before Thanos shows up, you swap it out. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. He had no soul. Hey, did. I mean, dude, it's Thanos. He is an alien of color. He had a soul. <laughs> he was an alien, practically. He a was gender. purple. So he was a person of color. <laughs> Check your privilege. I'm having flashbacks <laughs> to Venture Brothers now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, may they rest in peace. Um, I'm a, it's definitely interesting. Now, what would happen if you, like, so, dryads, mostly, you know, creatures that they are wood, right? So, a dryad, a naiad, and that sort of vein of living plant life. That's more fae. That is well, a lot I'm saying, more If fae. you kill one of those, 
and you craft a puppet out of its remains, and then you awaken the puppet, would it awaken as something new, or would it pull from the aspects of what you made it as? Something new. Puppets do not have the personality, whatever they're made of. Their personality is based off the basic template of what they were crafted for, and their environment as they awaken. Okay. Which, you know, it makes sense. And it depends, like... Course, it depends on the, the magic system or the animating method. It also yeah, depends right? on the GM. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's my purview on it. Another GM may say, no, poppets act like what they're made out of, more like elementals. Mm-hmm. So if you make a poppet or you make a construct that's basically um, a fire brigade poppet, or not poppet, a fire brigade uh, construct that runs around town putting out fires is probably going to develop a personality that's more protective and anti-fire and pro-safety than, say, a construct that was designed for war that's a walking fireball. Yeah, and the two of them would probably not get along. They probably would not get along. So it may not be just their intended purpose, but what they're constructed out of. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, one argument would be that if you're using the wood as a live sort of methodology to craft these things, you know, mm-hmm. kill a dryad, use her corpse as your crafting material for this poppet, it will get these bizarre little flashes. Mm-hmm. Not, not enough to be a full cohesive memory or personality, but it's like, it would eventually, I think, unravel. It would mentally so unravel. Like taking down a tree end and then carving it up into a dozen pieces. I knew him from when he was a nut and an acorn. Yeah. Now he's a baseball bat. Actually, it also does bring, though, another whole new dimension, though. If you really do want to spice things up, uh, going into this topic, because there are so many different things you can build stuff out of when it comes to constructs. Such as if you built a construct and, like, its heart was built out of star metal. Mm -hmm. That construct might start whispering dark secrets of things that live in between the stars. Yeah. If you build a construct out of uh, the material from Pandemonium, Mm -hmm. will it start, you know, developing a habit of shrieking for no reason? Enjoy windy days more than still days? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're working with magical materials, uh, there's stuff out there like again with the treants or dryads and whatnot. If you build a flesh golem out of merfolk, will it? You know, there's some questions as to how it would proceed once it awakens. See now, here's something fun, just real quick. It's an idea I've been tooling around, but I definitely got to sit down with Gabo on this one. Oh, that's got good. So, friends. low level campaign. All right, kill everybody. Hold on, on. low-level campaign, like one or two, right? When it's supposed to be go forth, venture, and kill the rats kind of deal. Okay, put a fireball in the uh, dungeon chest. So there's a toy maker in the town. He Hmm. found this felled tree, didn't think anything of it, had the the, the woodsman come out and chop it up for him, took it back, carved a whole bunch of little soldiers. Oh, toy soldiers, you know. Toy soldiers. Standard but stuff. they they end up developing the hive mind because they were made out of like a tree ant, you know, a giant woodland creature, and they just start wreaking havoc in the town because they feel like they're abominations. So it would be a, a magic thing where they were sort of awakened otherwise, or some vengeful witch who thought the dude fucking 
Excuse me. Oh, God. Yeah, that sounded saucy. That was saucy. You're the one who ate it. Um, but, uh, you know, like, curse the toy maker because he made a shitty cutting board for some shit. Some magic user was just like, ha, awaken all of these. Or, you know, you've got the, the idea that, you know, if this wood was alive enough to move, mm-hmm. like a treant, what's to say that it would not come back to that state? Mm-hmm. Rather than just, you know, stay dead. I, Which I gives you a lot of weird stuff with ants and... Yeah, there's and some stuff. weird shit, but it's I, a I weird idea. I we're going, though, is, like, really subjective and open to interpretation based on story, GM, and players. But, yeah, you think about those old German towns where, like, you've got the one guy where all he does is carve, you know, fucking little nutcrackers or some shit. Yeah. Wooden toy soldiers. Or you have some, you know, like, even here in the real world we have them, but, you know, even in your fantasy world, there may be a, uh, basically a mannequin made from an old tree that used to be used for hangings. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where that... Gallows tree. The, the gallows tree that the executioner would take uh, the condemned prisoners to and... and finish off uh, dispensing the local Lord's justice. Well, the gallows tree, you know, has a bad reputation, so they cut it down. Somebody decides, you know, what we're going to do is make people forget that tree ever existed by chopping it up and turning it into a mannequin, you know, for my storefront. But the mannequin develops a real sinister personality mm-hmm. or a real very depressed personality, whatever the case. Or, or, or even just macabre. Or even Ooh, macabre. Here's a fun one. So they're like, all right, I'm going to... The tree's been cut down. It's at the the wood mill or whatever because they were they were just going to get rid of it. Couldn't burn it. Had to let it dry out. Well, they forget about it for years. It's several years later, they take that same wood and now carve up like the the main frame for a house. Now you've got a haunted house. Now, yeah. Now you have or, uh, Emmyville horror going on. Mm-hmm. Or you know, to flip that on its head, you've got a hobgoblin now, like uh, the Swedish or something. I think you were talking about them. In the in our Fey episode, yeah, hobgoblins. Yeah, but like now you've got this house that either really doesn't like you because you cut it down, or really does like you because you've been here as long as it's been awake and you've always been nice. Mm-hmm. So you could, you know, that same scenario could now go one of two very different ways. You've got the friendly house ghost that wants to, you know, keep you around and keep you hale and hearty because you're good. You're nice to me. You keep me, you know, well-maintained and in good order. Unlike the movie House. Yeah, unlike the movie House. Or you've got that other side of it where it's like, fuck you, you cut me down. I'm going to take it out on you and everyone around you because fuck you. Betrayal at House on the Hill, or not, well, that's the game, but uh, House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. You know, where the whole house is just basically fucking cursed. Like, so much horrible shit has gone on there. And that goes into great one-off dungeons. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You well, can... Your construct could be any, any size. So, houses being constructs is completely legitimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be done. It's expensive as hell in D&D. But it can be done. Or it can be built up over time, which is equally possible. Mm-hmm. Constructobots is a very good example of this. And considering we've come full circle to what I was alluding to in the beginning, we are well over time, fellas. Oh, boy. So This was a good episode. I, like I think this. we pretty much got our final thoughts out, so I'm just going to say Darth Blasphemous signing off. Game Gollum going back to my crypt. Have a good one, guys. Kazarkan, back to the skies.
Hey, uh, Blasphemous. Kazarkan. Hmm? What's red and bad for your teeth? Red phosphorus? A brick. <laughs> <laughs>